morning, everybody. Good morning. So, you'll notice that I put a satellite dish up on the screen for you all, okay? And when I talk to people about prayer, that's about oftentimes what it looks like. Um, people consider it this way. Is there someone out there that is actually hearing what you have to say and is able to send back something back to you, you know? Is, is there life out there? In the natural, this is what we use. This is what we use in the natural to see if there's life out in space, in this beautiful universe that we have. But what about our interior life? Is there life in our interior life? What do we use for that? And this is what I want to share with you today, how you can begin an interior search in prayer for God, because God is whom we, we really want to get to know and have a part in our lives. Pastor Dick asked me uh, last week to, to share with you on, on prayer, and he gave me a topic. He suggested I use people in the Old Testament who had a relationship with God as examples of faith and hope. So I got involved in the life of Daniel, uh, and I wanted to share a little bit uh, briefly with, with his life, which was just extraordinary experiences he had with the king. Uh, so my purpose in sharing this with you is that we may, in our own ways, be in the same situations they encountered. And it was my hope that you will find this text helpful in your life. I believe God wants us to use us as ambassadors of his peace as we pass through this land. Uh, Daniel's experiences, uh, when he was in captivity with Babylon, uh, he had ex experience in prayer and angelic visitations. And uh, it's interesting how he had to experience strength. And I want to talk about these things. And right now, I just want to paint a little background for you. Um, <clears throat> in, the, in the book of Daniel, it talks, in the, in the first chapter, it talks about in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, who was a king in Babylon at the time, very powerful. He pretty much had most of the world under his control. And he came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Okay? And the scripture says that the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, which is interesting. And if you want to look into that, which is for another text, but if you want to look into that, you can look into Isaiah in the 39th chapter, and it explains why that happened and how that happened. Uh, and the Lord delivered, delivered him into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Which, it's awful. It's an awful scenario, okay? And that's not what I want to talk about today. But what I do want to share with you is the king ordered, after that, the king ordered a man called Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from whom the royal family and the nobility, young men, without physical and defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed and quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was taking Israelites and blending them into his world, 
as far as Babylon's concerned. He was a king. He wanted these people to be raised up and to serve in the king's palace. Now, the qualifications for them, he was to teach them the language, the literature of the Babylonians. They were assigned daily amount of food and wine to the king's table. They were trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So if you can imagine that these people, okay, I'm talking about Daniel, Meshach, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, these four were brought into the king's palace, and they were trained to serve the king. And there's a reason why the king wanted to do this, and I want to share that with you. What I want to say to, to, to us, oftentimes we get into circumstances and situations where things aren't going well, okay? Things aren't going well. We get into circumstances, situation. We get under scenarios, okay? Things happen to us. What I want to share with you is how do we get to a better place? And this is where the Lord comes in. This is where prayer comes in. So if you allow me to... Continue with us a little bit. Today I've noticed, I want to share with you something I've noticed in my studies of the Bible, a recurring scenario where Judah and Israel is taken captive by our neighboring countries, and during the occupation, there has been someone within Israel who rises up and distinguishes themselves during their lives, making a profound difference in the country they are exiled by representing the God in whom they serve and believe in. There are others that range far beyond the scope of time we have today. So I don't, I don't want to get into to, to the others, but we know Moses, Joseph, and of course our Lord Jesus. Each one affected the world around them in their day, changing the lives of both their friends and especially their adversaries. What God does for us when we get into situations, we get over our head, okay? God gives us abilities. God gives us wisdom. God gives us peace. God gives us strength, especially. God loves this world. God loves us. We who know him know this. Okay? Our lives are like that, but the wonderful thing is he hears us and he responds to us. Now, the story I wanted to share with you in Daniel, it, it, and I'll be brief about it, is, is the fact that the king got a dream. Now, Daniel spent three years raising himself up to be learned. Babylonians were, were extremely smart at that time. They understood mathematics. They understood language. They understood um, the circle. They divined the circle. They, they knew the orbits of the planets. I mean, this was a long time ago. They understood these things. They were very smart people. And the king wanted to surround himself with smart people. The idea is, is if he can introduce the Israelites into his world and indoctrinate them into his, then he can continue his world. And his world, he wanted to have, to, to have order and good government and peace. And he wanted his reign to go on and be strong. So he introduced these people into his life, you know. And, you know, from Daniel's perspective, it's like, you know, I've been taken out of my own land. I am now under, I'm in exile, and I'm now under the authority of someone else, and yet I am forced to serve him. I am forced to learn from him. 
and I am forced to be a part of his kingdom, even though it's not mine. And oftentimes, we will find ourselves in that same scenario. And God will make a way for you when you're in those things. Do you have a problem you don't know how to get out of? Do you have a situation you're stuck in? God will make a way. Now, the king Nebuchadnezzar, who he had a dream. And so he went to all his people that could interpret dreams and stuff. What does this dream mean? And they say, well, we don't know. Tell us the dream. And he says, no, you're the one that's supposed to interpret, so tell me the dream, and then I'll, I'll know that you can do this. <laughs> and that's what he said to them. That's what he said to them. And, you know, in my own shorthand. So, so basically, all of the people that could help him, all right, their lives were at stake. And, and finally, he got furious. And he said, listen, you guys are useless. Away with them. And he was going to kill them all because they couldn't, they couldn't uh, discern his dream. Daniel found out about this. And Daniel said, wait a minute. He went to the king. He actually, he went to the guard that, that he was friends with. And he says, listen. He says, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to seek God. I'll find out the dream. Tell him not to send anybody to their deaths. Okay. And he did. He sought God. God answered him with the dream, gave it to the king Nebuchadnezzar, and all of these people were spared. And Daniel was put in charge of all of these people. Daniel was blessed by God because he stood the gap for people that didn't have any hope. Okay? That's where we come in as far as who we are in Christ. We stand the gap for people in this world that don't know the Lord yet. God loves those people. God loved King Nebuchadnezzar. God loved Babylon. God loves our world today. It's the same way. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God still loves everybody, even though they don't know what we know yet. So if you find yourself embedded in a situation that you seem intractable, know that God is there for not only your good, but especially the good of those around you to make your world different. You know, God's government extends not only from the kingdom of heaven, but throughout into this world today. And who's he using? You and I. Jesus said, I will send you before governors and kings for my name's sake. And if you look at all the great guns in the back in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they were brought before the ruling powers and authorities. Not to overwhelm them, not to overthrow them, but to speak of another authority that is above everyone, the name of Jesus Christ. So inquire of the Lord. So my text today is prayer. How do we do it? We spend time with the Lord. We spend time getting to know Jesus. We spend time in prayer, okay? It talks about in Luke 2.51, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. When you spend time with God in prayer, you grow in, in wisdom and stature, and God gives you favor, not only favor with himself, but also with man. And in Daniel, it talks about he gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature, learning. Daniel could understand visions and dreams. Um, 
This is an interesting thing in Daniel uh, 10, 12. Uh, Daniel gets a vision, and he begins to inquire of the Lord what these things mean. So he spent some time in prayer. Okay? And in Daniel 10, 12, it says, Then said to me, or Daniel, an angel came to him. Okay? He says, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Okay? Daniel was a man greatly beloved. Okay? I want you to know, put your name in there. Okay? Put your name when you're praying. You know, you are greatly beloved. You're the same. God loves equally. God loves you. So when you're praying, have that as your foundation in prayer to know that you are loved. You know, if I'm inquiring on a satellite dish wondering if God is going to hear me and I'm doing it according to how I think of me, it's probably not going to go well, <laughs> you know. But if I think about how much he loves me and I use that as a foundation in my, in my uh, presenting myself to him that I am already loved, then I'm going to be accepted and my words are going to be accepted. Now, this is an interesting thing that he talks about that when the angel, after he prayed, the angel came to him with an answer. He says, oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to thee and stand upright, for I am now sent. Okay? Now, at this point, when the angel came to him, Daniel had no strength because the angel just overwhelmed him and he fell to his face. He had no strength. He completely, the angels are powerful and, you know, he just, he fainted. He said, I speak to thee, stand upright. And when he spoke, Daniel was able to stand. The word of God is living, okay? It's powerful, okay? When you speak, okay, the words that you speak, not only are just words, but they have, they have an essence behind them. And when they're spoken in love and in the authority of the kingdom of heaven, they're able to do things. There is power behind them. The angel is able to say, Daniel, speak, rise up. He rose up. He had strength. And he said this, which I find very interesting. And I stood trembling. Then he said, fear not, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand, to chasten yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come for your words. Okay? You see, not only did the angel cause him to stand up, but he gave him strength, and he said, fear not. And when the angel said, fear not, he wasn't afraid anymore. Okay? It all left. You see, when... You begin speaking, God's listening, and he came for his words. He will come for your words, too, okay? Because he understands where you are. And where you are in your prayer is where God wants to be with you. Because he wants to gird you up. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you strength to change situations. He wants to give you strength that you rise up in yourself to your full stature, you know? Oftentimes when we pray, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's usually help, you know, help, you know. <laughs> sometimes, it's, sometimes it's help, you know, help me please, you know. And then Jesus comes, and then he gives me strength to stand in a situation I, I want to be rescued from. I don't want to stand in it. I want to be rescued. I want this done, over with. But God doesn't look at it this way. What he does is he says, no, stand in it. 
I'm going to teach you how to stand in it, and you're going to come strong, okay? And as you become strong, you're not going to be chased off of that situation. And you're going to become very strong, and, and, and what the Lord's going to do is he's going to give you strength and make you strong and strong and strong until the point comes where you're able to stand in the situation and overwhelm it because you can't be moved because the power of God has come into that situation, okay? and has made a difference. And our situation today is drugs, okay? And it's always, it's been drugs. It's been a lot of other things, but what's on the form, uh, you know, what's been on the mind of everyone is, is the meth situation. God has the answer for meth, okay? God has the ability to eradicate it and to get people to understand that he is better than drugs. He Folks, he, he, had to, he had to really explain that to me, okay, in my early years, okay? And I stand here today, and I can tell you that God is more powerful than drugs, okay? Because the Lord set me free. And if he can set me free, he can set anybody free, right? When the Lord, I met the Lord when I was 19. I met Jesus when I was one, gave my life, got born again, Holy Spirit came. And in my beginning relationships with him, I had an audience with him in 78. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he spoke to me these words. He said, he said, he said, Winston, your prayers are being heard. He said, behold, your prayers are being heard. So prayer for me has always been the foundation of my life. So I spent time in prayer. And what he began to do is he, it was almost like I had garments on. You know, burdens, cares, things. He would take them off of me. He said, no, you don't need this anymore. You don't need this. It's drug abuse. No, you don't need that anymore. You know, uh, alcohol. No, we, you take that. You don't need it. Maintenance free. He set me free because he did it. Okay? He did it. I didn't do it. You know? And that was, that was 40 years ago. Praise God. You know? Thank you, Jesus. You know? So... Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith puts you into a dimension of belief. Okay? It goes beyond hope. It goes beyond hope. You begin to have faith. You are actually stepping out into a realm that you've never been in before. Because God opens up space for you to allow him to begin to exist. Faith is walking on pretty much thin air. Faith is walking blindfolded downstairs. You hope there's more stairs. You don't have what you need to go forward in something. But you go anyways because that's what faith is. Faith believes. Faith trusts. Faith hopes. Okay? So for you to have faith in God is very powerful. He appreciates that when we believe in him because most of the world doesn't. Now we believe in him and we trust in him because we have faith. We, we, because of who he is. We trust him. 
And when you lean on him, he can be depended on. You can trust him. We seek him through prayer. We inquire for guidance, wisdom, understanding, healing, hope, rescue, or deliverance from a situation or triumph in one. Overcoming, conquering, victory. We all want victory. Are we all fighting in something? Do we all want to make a change in our worlds? Okay. Give God space in your life to work where you can't do it. We, we don't have the capacity. There are things in this world that we just can't change on our own, and we need to know that. Okay, We're called to wait on the Lord. Uh, Isaiah uh, 40, 31 says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Okay? Jesus spoke, so, spoke of it this way. Matthew 6, 6. He says, Go and close the door and pray in secret, and the Father will reward you in secret. Okay? Jesus said, Go into your prayer closet. I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think why a lot of people don't pray is when you go into a closet, if, you, if you'd imagine going into a closet, you know, and just sit in there for a while. It's like, well, it's dark. There's, there's kicking shoes. There's clothes all over the place. It's my closet. You know, it's like, this is not a comfortable place. So it, it's just not. So when people begin to pray and close their eyes and seek God, it's not a comfortable place. It's a place where your mind gets filled with what you're going to have for lunch as soon as I'm done. Uh, you know, when am I going to be done? You know, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, I got to mow the lawn. I got to fix my lawnmower. There's a hundred different thoughts that come into your head when you pray. The phone rings. People call. People are knocking on the door. Everybody suddenly needs you, <laughs> and you're trying to get quiet and be with the Lord, and then you're trying to quiet yourself. So. The idea to quiet your interior life is to spend time, okay? In Mark 1, it talks about Jesus going away to a lonely place and spending time with the Father. And he said, I only do what I, what I see and hear the Father doing. Jesus spent all this time spending time before the Father. If you allow the Lord to spend time with you and let him work on your interior life, you will be able to not only understand yourself, which God will give you wisdom of who you are, because he sees you. He sees you in a way you can't see yourself. Okay? Paul said this. <clears throat> Paul said this interesting thing. He says, he says, when I was a child, in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, when I was a child, I, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. To know you are loved, is the foundation you stand on when you approach God. It defines your relationship with him. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. You have an inheritance in the saints. And explore for yourselves what these things mean and what they can mean for your life today. See, I believe that 
we're in the same conflict today in the world that Daniel was with King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? The world wants to dominate everything, okay? And the world is, you know, they're pretty clever people out there. They're smart, okay? They're not our enemies. They're just very smart, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know God. But yet they have knowledge and influence, and there's incredible technology going on today. There's wonderful things going on. And I believe that some of us oftentimes are going to be called, okay, to be put in and embedded literally with these people, okay? Not for our sakes so much, but for their sakes. So they'll get to know the one you know. So God will require on your part and mine excellence, excellence. You've got to be really good at what you're doing or they won't entertain you nor will they entertain your words because they aspire to greatness and they're doing it all by themselves. They're doing it without God and yet they're doing it. We who know Christ, God will bring you into greatness in yourself. He'll gift you with, with wonderful things to be able to do, just like Daniel. Daniel gave, God gave Daniel talents. Daniel saved the day on several occasions and actually changed the heart of a king Several times. Amazing, amazing stories. We will be brought before governors and kings for Jesus' sake. Jesus said that. He says, I'm going to do this so that they will know who I am. And also, they'll know who you are in me. See, we're in charge here. We're in charge of this world. The kingdom of heaven is on this world. And our responsibility as people of God is to understand who we are and to bring our own personal excellence before the world, okay? God said this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, today he's giving you, okay? So give yourselves to your situations, your world, your, your problems, your things that are intractable, give yourself to them and stand in them, you know. Uh, the Lord wants to redeem more than he wants to rescue, okay. He wants to redeem people around you that are in this situation. If you find yourself embedded in, a, in an ugly job, ask God to make it good for you. And then you could pray for people around you that are in that same scenario because they don't have the hope you have, you know. And that's, that's what came to me, you know, when I was going through this text and Pastor Dick said, well, you know, talk about, you know, and he gave me kind of a, and, and the more I got into it, the more I realized it was what, what caused us to be truly gifted and excellent in our work with God is the time spent with him, okay? Because like Paul, when he looked at his face in the mirror, he saw himself like this, and he saw himself as he, as he was to himself, but God looks at us as he is to us, and the favor and the love he has for us once that spotlight hits you and you really know that you're loved, then he begins to share with you all the things that he has for your life. It, it says in Jeremiah 10.10 that the way of man is not in him. The way of man is not in him. And I always looked at that scripture and I said, wow, okay, then that means that the way of man is in the hand of God. So how do we get to get to know who we are as people? Because... We, we can't do it ourselves, you know. There's a Scottish proverb that says that a man can 
can reach up and touch the stars, but when he looks down at his feet, he's lost. We need the Lord to show us who we are as his people and also even more so individually. You know, Spend time in prayer and, and really conquer those things that are in you that are literally lands that have been really not, you know, the Lord isn't in charge of those areas yet, you know. I'm, I recall Jonah, you know, going into Nineveh. He didn't want to go. You know, and I, I, I want to say today that there are regions in our interior life with the Lord that are like Nineveh. We don't go there. And Jesus is saying, I'll go there. Take me. I'll go. Yeah, you don't want to go there, Lord. <laughs> I don't want you to go there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please. We get along fine at this point, but, you know, don't take me there. He says, no, I want to go there. And, and you know what? If you take him there, okay, he'll make a difference in your life. And then you'll feel better about who you are, and you'll also be able to be free amongst your brothers and sisters. I had a dream once where I was in the water, you know, and I love water, you know. And it's a river, and there was, there was things in the river, you know. There was snakes and alligators and everything and big fish. And I, I didn't want to be in the river. And I'm saying, Lord, get me out of the river. He says, no, stay in the river. And I said, but I don't want to go in the river. He says, stay in the river. So I did. And I stayed, and eventually I settled myself in it. And I said, okay, fine. If I get bit, I get bit, you know. And all of a sudden I see walking down the beach to the river, who is it? Jacques Cousteau. And it's like, he's got, yeah, he's got his fins, he's got his snow, he's getting in the river with me. It's like, great. Now, I didn't care about anything in the river because I had Jacques Cousteau with me, you know. And back then I was a big fan of him, still are, we dive and all that. But anyways, think about when Jesus gets in the middle of your situation with you, okay? And he said, he said this in, in Scripture, he says, he says, all you that are heavy laden and burdened, he says, he says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay? My yoke is easy and my, yoke, my burden is light. Think about it. When you're in a tough situation, ask yourself, am I yoked in with Jesus with this? Is he with me in this thing? You know? And if you're not, get in the yoke with him. Because he's already lived this life perfectly, wonderfully. He loved it. And now he gets to do it again with you. And now he gets to do it with you because he cares for you. He loves you. And he wants you to rise to the, like I said, the, the, the stature of excellence that he has for all of you. Because I think what diminishes our, our standard of excellence in our own eyes is how we look at ourselves in a mirror. And we don't know how much we're truly loved and cared for. And, and God, who is behind all this, all right, is also looking at how he can reach a people group through you that have not been reached yet, all right? So he wants to raise you up to a standard of excellence where he can show you off to the world. And you can make a difference in their world, all right? We can take care of the meth problem in Christ. I have no qualms of that at all. It's, it's, it's not a big battle. It's, it's already done. Jesus already did it on the cross. When he was crucified, he became victor over it, okay? And when I understood that, he took it away from me. It was that easy. This is not hard for him. Your adversary has already been defeated. 
But there is an adversary of what I want to call just uncharted territory in kingdoms, in, in, in surrounding giants in your own personal land that you haven't yet conquered with Jesus. Okay? And the Lord calls you. He wants you to do this. And you do it by prayer. Spend time with yourself in prayer and learn how to pray and sit before him as difficult as that is. But it will teach you who you are you, as you examine your heart, you get to know yourselves in a way that you never knew before. And this is where faith comes in. Faith fills that gap between what is, okay, and the things which can be. And God has the things that can be in your life as you have faith and reach out for them and give him space, okay? So, how are we doing? We good, Eric? Okay. Um, so I got some questions for you. Uh, are you living in a foreign land today in your own life? Okay. Do you want to be rescued? Are there forces at work to undermine your abilities? Are there unfair practices going on where you work or live? Do you have capacity to make changes? Can you remove yourself from situations? Are there anxiety and stress everywhere? Everywhere? Have you resigned yourself to the way things are? Are they just going to stay this way? And what do you currently use for relief? Yeah? We all lean on something. We all look for something, for relief. Where is your relief? Everybody needs it. We're all trying in one way or another to get relief. Okay? And I want to say to you today that if you want real relief, go to prayer. Prayer is powerful. God will raise you up. He'll strengthen you. He'll be able to stand in your situation no matter how miserable it is. Okay? Look at the life of Daniel. Do, do a study in Daniel. Daniel was everything. A lot of things happened to that man. It was unbelievable. And they, in a worst-case scenario, it's just, he, had, he says, even if God, this guy was thrown into a place just burning, you know, the king. Now, this is, this is a king that he, he knew, spent time with, grew up with, trained. He was trained to be in the king's palace. And the king said, listen, if you don't worship this image that I give you, I'm going to throw you in this, in this fire fiery furnace, you know, it's like, he said, King, I can't do it, even if, you, even if we perish in it, I'm still not going to do what you have to say, you know, unbelievable. There's going to come a point in all our lives when God will wonderfully make a moment in history for you to change the course of history in the, life of, in the lives of people around you, and it will cause you to stand and defend the faith that God's given you. You know, it's required of all of us. Praise God, you know. And, and when people see it, they're going to be amazed. Nebuchadnezzar was amazed. He ran down and he sees. He hoped. He hoped that these people wouldn't perish. See, Nebuchadnezzar, all right, had a relationship with Daniel that went beyond what we see in recorded history as far as the biblical perspective, okay? Daniel knew Nebuchadnezzar. You know, and Daniel said things like this. 
when he got out of the furnace, he says, oh, king, live forever. All right? He got under the authority that this man had and continued the relationship that he had with him. You see, God loves us, and he also loves everyone that you're involved with in the world. And he loves the world. He loves the people in it. The only difference between them and us is that we know Jesus. But they have standards and qualities of excellence that the Lord wants you to embrace. Just because they're in the world, that's not enough. God wants us to be a part of this world for Jesus. Okay? Because love builds up. God loves these people. He wants to redeem them. And he's going to use you and me in our work knowing who the Lord is and the good life that the Lord has brought into us to raise a standard of excellence for them that they've never seen before. So if you find yourself in a situation again that you'd like to get out of, stay in it and have faith and give God place in it so that he can come and make a difference. It's, it's difficult, but that's where faith comes in. Faith moves mountains, okay? So I want to invite you today, if anyone needs or would like to learn more about this, okay? We get together on Monday nights. We pray. We've been doing this for 10 years plus, plus Martha and Pastor Dick have been doing this for 10 years plus too. I mean, we've been, we pray. Prayer is the wellspring of life for this church, okay? Prayer is, well, is a well where the fountain of the things of God come in. And if you want to learn about prayer, okay, please get, get together with us and learn. Uh, we also represent uh, our region for prayer. <clears throat> and we're going around and we're teaching all our, our vineyard churches in Maine and New Hampshire about prayer. Um, prayer is, to me, is huge. You know, to know that I can talk to God. And it's not just one way. God speaks back to me, sometimes not verbally, but in, 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 in time to come, things happen in my life that the circumstances have changed because I did pray. You see, God took my words and the sincerity of my heart, and he made a difference in the future. You see, God wants to make a difference in your future. And by your words today, we'll make that happen. I guess I want to close with this, Jude 1.23, which is just fabulous. He says, now him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ before our ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? You know? Jesus is going to present you, okay? He's going to present you, all right? Before the Father, the glorious presence of the Father, Jesus will present you without fault and, without, and with great joy. You know, that's Jesus, his great desire for everyone here in the world, and that's why he can, because he's going to present you back to the Father. We're redeemed, you know, so... Be blessed to rejoice, and um, if you guys want to come up for, for prayer, uh, you know, let's have the prayer team come up, and uh, uh, Donna, I'm sorry, I forgot that you wanted to, 
you wanted to share something and I forgot all about it. So if you want to come up now, you can you can share. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I wanted to give a testimony about prayer. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, this is a little bit strange testimony. Uh, as most of you know, I worked at the soda shop for about 20 years. And I would say like maybe 10 or 15 years ago, as I look over this uh, congregation, a lot of you would have never thought that you would be here. Uh, what you didn't know was that as I was waiting on you, as I was doing your check in the register, as I was taking your money, I was praying for you. As well as I know other people were praying for you also. But I get so excited when I look out over this fellowship and I see people that I prayed for and I said, Lord, are you listening? You know, things don't seem to be changing. And then suddenly I see all you people that I waited on all those years sitting here with your arms raised saying, I love Jesus, so don't give up. Keep praying because God hears and he's faithful. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you. Thank you. You can stay up here. So, um, yeah, so if I, if I could have the, the prayer team and uh, come up and we will, uh, we will pray for you. So, is anybody here that wants to learn how to have a relationship in prayer with God? And if you do, come on up. And we will spend time with you, and we will pray. We will, we will share with you how we do it. And also, we will invite God to have that relationship with you that is real. And uh, you will get to know his love and his care for you, because he has a life for you. So and I encourage you to not just when things are bad, in your life and things need to be changed but when it's good spend time with God when it's good in your life because that's the way he wants it because that's the way his life is so so please come forward if you'd like prayer 